Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. All right, good morning. Hey, that was cool. Thank you guys for leading us in worship and just for that prayer for the people in Florida too. Um, I just was got an email this morning uh, through the Foursquare Church. It's the family of churches that we're a part of. And one of my friends, Jordan Rowe, he's the pastor of the, Flor- the Fort Myer Foursquare Church. All the power is out everywhere, but that church has power and water miraculously. And we just had, isn't that cool? How many of you guys know when the power goes out, that's when the real, real power shows up, right? And so uh, um, I could tell you some other stories about that. But we just had two semi-trucks full of supplies and aid that just rolled into that church through our Foursquare Disaster Relief. So I just want to let you guys know you're a part of that. And uh, we've, we've contributed to that in our, you know, as our church through Foursquare Disaster Relief. So it's really cool to have people on the ground. And let's be praying. You know, it's an opportunity for, for the church to step in and, and uh, reach out and fill in the gaps for, for people. Amen? All right, well, I'm excited to talk with you guys today. Um, if you know any surfers, you know that our ultimate dream is to find perfect, uncrowded waves. That's our ultimate dream. And <clears throat> I have family, my, my family is from Crescent City, so I've kind of grown up like taking the North Coast. And um, not that long ago, I had to clean up my grandmother's uh, apartment. She was, uh, she passed away. And uh, I was kind of like, you know, going through it, trying to figure out like just how, where I was with the whole thing, some grief. And I'm taking the long way home. And I pulled out, I, I just randomly, I didn't even know it was a surf spot here. It's about 50 miles away from anything. And I just happened to see a car that looked kind of janky, you know what I'm saying? Like a surfer car. You know what I'm talking about. You know how we, we have our, our, our car, there's priorities, you know what I'm saying? And so I could tell this guy had some different priorities. And I just saw this little Subaru. I'm like, that looks like a surfer's car. And so I just pulled off and just walked down this little trail. And it was like this magical moment from Lord of the Rings or something. I walked out through the trees and this meadow and I came upon this cliff. And there's this, I mean, massive overhead walls banking off of this um, this cliff and forming this beautiful left break. And it, and it was just one of those, and I'm a goofy footer, so, you know what I'm saying? So if you know, the goofy footers, we like to go left. And California is a land of right point breaks. And so I'm looking for those lefts, and I just roll up, and it serves one guy out. And honestly, I'm like, thank God. Because when it's big like that, and you're in the cold northern waters, there's other creatures out there, and one other guy reduces your chance of getting chopped by 50%. And so I was praising the Lord, hallelujah, ran back to my car, just, I'm all excited. I just put my wetsuit on, like almost ripped it, just put it on, and I ran back out there, and, I, and my heart sank because he's getting out of the water, coming back up the cliff. So my mission in that moment was to convince him, come on back out. I'm cut. <laughs> and I did, and he came back out, and we surfed for hours out there, beautiful, amazing waves. But how many of you guys know life isn't meant to be lived alone? 
Amen? And we've been talking about the gifts. The last few weeks we've talked about all these gifts. And what I want to talk about today, really, it pieces those together. There's a puzzle piece. Uh, we didn't, we, there's, they're, they're all over the room. You might find one on your chair, maybe not. But the puzzle piece here is this is you. This is your gifts. And sometimes when you look at your gifts, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Why did God make me that way? And it's because you're part of a bigger picture. And today I want to talk about what that bigger picture is that you're a part of and, and where you can find a fit, okay? Um, this is a sacred moment. Do you know that? 12 years ago, no, 11 years ago, 22 people met in our living room. We had a sacred moment together where we shared the heart and soul of what we felt like God was calling us to start in a new church in Santa Cruz. And I feel like we're at another sacred moment in our church where the senior leaders from Scotts Valley, SoCal, and the Coastlands and Aptos, we've been meeting up and just praying, God, what do you want? Seeking the, the heart of God for our county. And we feel like the Lord's been speaking to us, and it's really exciting. It's really profound. And so over the next seven weeks, we're going to be rolling out seven anchor points, seven values that we see being things that we want to hold on to. This is like, these are guiding, guiding values for our, our church family because um, it, it's, it's part of this, this big idea that we are one church in multiple locations, reaching, restoring, and releasing people to live transformed lives. Our vision, and this isn't different from the beginning, maybe a little bit upgraded wording, you know, our vision is to unify, to multiply transformational communities that help people find and follow Jesus locally and globally. That's the big, that's a big vision, you guys. That's, that's, that's God's heart, I believe. And it comes out of Matthew 28. You guys have your Bibles. You can look there with me. And then I'm going to tell you number one. I'm going to tell you one of our values today. You're going to have to come back next week if you want to hear number two. So, number one, but at first, let's look at Matthew 28, 18 through 20, 16 through 20, rather. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. I love, I love that the Bible is real. Isn't that great? They worship, but some of them doubted. They're like, oh, I don't know. Jesus is right there in front of them. They walked with him for three years. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. There's that local and global vision, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. I don't know about you. If, if you're alone, that feels kind of daunting, right? Ken, you're going to change the whole world, make disciples of all nations, you're like, sweet, <laughs> right? Like, Danny, that sounds daunting. Savannah, Steve, like, if you're just one person trying to do that, that's overwhelming. You're like, I'm just going to quit right now because there's no way. But how many of you guys know it wasn't created to be an alone thing? It wasn't created to be an I thing, but a we thing. And, and even knit within this great commission is this idea of partnership. It's a together thing. We're called to partner together, not just with each other, but with God. Jesus said, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And that's the, that's the value I want to talk about today that I think is unique to who we are, is that partnering. Partnering is a value. We want to be a church that's serving as a team, valuing each other's gifts. And this is where the gifts come in. We all are different. God's created us. He's created you uniquely with a purpose, a personality, your style, 
your vibe. That's who you are. And God has made you that way to fit within something even bigger. Isn't that cool? Partnership. Look at this passage, Philippians 1, 4 through 5. I pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. What is partnership? What is partnership? I remember when I got newly married to my wife, and I had some expectations of certain things, and she said, Danny, I'm your partner, not your mom. <laughs> Any, anyone say amen to that here today? <laughs> and I, you know, I had to learn about partnership. Partnership is not an I thing. It's not what I can get, right? Amen. It's what I can, I'm a part of something. And so we're going to be defining that. What is partnership? Well, the word in the Bible that is defined as partnership is used 19 times in the New Testament, and it's translated as fellowship. Sorry, guys, some of that was a little too close to home for you. <laughs> you okay? You with me? You're still with me? Okay, fellowship, I, I'm, I'm moving, I'm continuing to move towards partnership um, in my marriage. Uh, fellowship, partnership, uh, the, word, the Greek word is koinonia, okay? So if you're like an old school Jesus people, you know, from back in the day, this was a buzzword, right? We're part of the koinonia. And you're like, what is that? Koinonia. And it means fellowship, partnership, participation, communion, and contribution, Okay, benefits of partnership. You're never alone. You're always accountable. You have help and strength. We're better together. Amen? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to grow and go far, go as a team. Ecclesiastes 4.12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I think that's a great principle for all relationships, right? Even in a marriage, in a friendship, right? Two pe- one person by yourself, you know, if you get caught in a dark alley, you know, you're, you're, you could get beat up, right? But when you have two people, but let alone the cord of three strands, and that is the, the Lord in every relationship we have, right? There's, there's my wife and I, but we read that passage on our wedding day because we didn't want to just be us, we want to be partnering with, with Jesus in our relationship, amen? And that's what makes it hard to break. So there's many benefits to partnership, and it's one of the unique things about who we are here at Hope. Is that you, might, you might be want, wondering, like, okay, who is this Danny guy? Because I don't speak here every Sunday. I'm the lead pastor, and my wife and I started Hope, but we felt from the very beginning that we were called to do it as a partnership and as a team. And so from very early on, we, had, we wanted to have other people teaching, other people leading up, you know, and, and not be the, the, the ma and pa show. We want to do church as a team in partnership. And so I'm going to be talking more about that as we get through this. But the big idea here is that we're better together. Amen? We're better together. Uh, growing up as a drummer, it's, it's rough. Can I just say this? It's rough learning how to play drums. Okay, and this, back, nowadays they've got the, you know, the earphones and the V-drums, electronic drums, but I had the good old-fashioned analog nine-piece Tama Rockstar kit with a double bass and loud cymbals. And you should have seen the angry looks my neighbors gave me because I would just turn up the Led Zeppelin and go to town and just blast on the drums and it's a painful process because when you're not good, the only way to get good is to keep trying. You know, and I mean, I, I was talking to someone earlier that plays the trombone, right? You understand me, right? But like, like if you're great at the tram- trombone, it's not so bad, but it's still pretty loud. But when you're learning, it's pretty rough being solo. But then 
There's no volume switch on these things, right? But then I was discouraged. But then I found out that every band was looking for a drummer. Every band. And if you could halfway play drums and keep time somewhat, everybody wanted a drummer because you had to schlep all your stuff around and nobody had drum kits and all that stuff. And so I got to be in all these cool bands Super fun. Got to play all these clubs in Hollywood. And, you know, it was like really fun. And then I got invited to play drums at church. And it was like before that, I didn't really know where I fit in. I was like, how do I fit? I don't know. And they invited me to play drums. And that was like the gateway to me, not just attending a church, but being part of it. And how many of you guys know God hasn't called us just to attend church? Church is not a building, it's not a service, it's a people. And I want to transition, you know, that's something that we really have really fought to keep that mindset. But it's also, our culture is always pulling away from that, right? Our culture moves towards spectator, consumer, you know, where it's like, you know, Chris was talking last week about the sports team, right? We, put, we, we watch the paid professionals do the ministry and we just come and eat a hot dog. And that, that's not what God's called the church to be, amen? We're called to be part of it. If, if, that's, all your, if that's all church is for you, it's probably really boring, to be honest, but but when you're part of a church and you're partnering with a church and you're part of the team, you're, you're, I mean, it's a whole different experience from being on the bleachers to being in the game. And my heart is to be a church that's inviting, bringing people into the game, to be part of it, to find your fit. What is your puzzle piece in all this? I want to look at a passage of partnership here. There's another, another place where we see this word happening, this koinonia happening in Acts chapter 2. If you guys have your Bibles, this is going to be like our main text for today. Um, this is just, I think, every pastor's favorite passage in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? This is one of them. Uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. There's that word, partnership, koinonia, to the breaking of bread and, and to prayer. So when they say breaking of bread, I want you to understand, this is communion. Jesus brought something super meaningful into something that was every day, right? You eat bread every day. Most of us do, unless you're gluten-free, right? And then you have your gluten-free bread, okay? Or pancakes. And we eat together. That's why we wanted pancakes to be part of our Sunday service. We're eating together because it's communion. When we eat together in the name of the Lord, we remember him. And that's not something in the way that Jesus did it. um, It's something meant to be done together. So look at this. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. I mean, this is how radical their love was. Check this out, you guys. I mean, think about this. This is not something you could force or fake. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So this mission's moving forward because of this radical love and generosity that's happening within the community. How does that look different from the way a lot of people view church of today? I, I love how Chris read the one-star Yelp reviews on churches last week. That was funny. Like, there's a lot of them, and it's like, that's not the heart. You're missing the plot, right? You're missing the whole plot if you're writing a one-star Yelp review on a church. Now, there's probably some wacky churches out there, um, and maybe we're one of them. I don't know. But, I mean, who else has skate ramps in their, in their, in their service? But 
You know, um, what we see here is I'm going to point out three things that are are central to our Christian faith that we see in this passage that you can't do alone. Okay, you ready for this? Three things. Number one, we're called to partnering in communion. Partnering in communion. We see communion here. Isn't it interesting that communion and baptism, the two sacraments that Jesus gives to the church, are things you can't do alone? You don't ever see somebody baptizing themselves. And I guess you could technically take communion by yourself, but it wouldn't really be true to what Jesus did, right? He's with his disciples. They're breaking bread. It's together. It is something that was meant to be done together. Eating, praying, worshiping, learning. That is what church is in its very essence. And you can do this in your home. You can do this on the beach. You can do this anywhere. In fact, I think we need to get more creative about where and when and how we do church. Amen? That's why we're launching the groups. The groups are part of this whole idea of launching transformational communities that help people find and follow Jesus. Some people are going to be more comfortable going to your house or meeting you on the beach than coming into a church building, even though this doesn't look traditional. Uh, John 15, 14 through, uh, four, John 15, 4 through 5, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, you, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Right? This partnership is just in the very nature of our relationship with God. Right? We are, he is the vine, and we are the branches. And by that, in that, if we're connected to Christ, we're connected to one another. We need each other. Number two, which that, that leads to number two. So partnering in communion, that's our relationship vertically with God, right? Like Jesus died for us so that we can, we can have restoration between us and God. But also, number two is partnering in community between us and other people too, amen? The cross is horizontal and vertical and horizontal. And so Jesus died to bring healing, reconciliation, forgiveness, and love between us and God, but also with people, which I know is kind of like the unintended byproduct here is that uh, we're not meant to be alone, number one. We're created for a community, but that means we also must be with other people. You're like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> we're not perfect, right? We hurt each other sometimes, and God uses that beautiful letdown to transform us to become more like him. It's in that process of being in relationship with other people that we become restored to the freedom and the wholeness that God has for us. Amen? God uses my wife in my life. I thought getting married would make me happy, but I realized that God wanted me to get married so I could become holy. And God puts us in community, not because it'll make us happy, because sometimes it's not fun but because God wants to make us holy. He wants to make us more like him, and he uses people in our lives, and that's why it's a little uncomfortable sometimes. <laughs> Amen? But, and, and here's the danger. We see our little, ourself as this puzzle piece, and if we're thinking selfishly, we're thinking, I want to find all the pieces that are like me so I can fit in. You see the problem with that? Because it actually creates disunity. Because I'm valuing the people that are like me, and I'm not valuing the people that are different than me. But how many of you guys know we need to value not just the ones that are similar to us, that fit right next to us, but we need to value all the pieces. Because the only way the world is going to see Jesus is if we link up together. Amen? 
We're all different, and that's on purpose. And I know there's a whole movement of people trying to move to places to get away from people that are not like them. And I want to be around people that are different than me. And I want to be around people that have different gifts and abilities where we can link up together, and even though we might have nothing in common except Jesus, it shows the world that we're his. Amen? Thanks, guys. All right. Woo! I'm feeling it too. <laughs> Let's go. We need each other. Part you. Partnership is part you, part me. We all have a part to play, right? And we know the challenges to unity and to seeing others the way that we see ourselves or even sometimes seeing ourselves the way that God sees us. Because sometimes you look at your puzzle piece and I'm like, oh, what is that for? But when you link up and you stay connected with the church, you begin to see why God made you, your purpose. Um, and I think that's where we have to have that shift from attending, right? Attending is like I'm, I'm a spectator. A member, you've got a season pass. But partnership, you got skin in the game. You're on the field. And here at Hope, we want to invite you onto the field with us because it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And we're going to pass the ball to you. And, and you're going to learn and grow together. Amen? Number, uh, under this whole partnering community, real, real, two, real quick, two things. Community, uh, there's two words inside that word, right? There's co, calm, like common, and unity. And I want to talk about common. We're together, right? We need to ha- celebrate the different gifts and value each other. Uh, the body of Christ. Joe was here a couple weeks and he, was, he read this scripture from um, 1 Corinthians 12 where it says there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. You see how we see someone that's different, and we want to, we well, I don't need you. But how many of you guys know we need the hand? I had my appendix out a month ago, and it was like, I didn't realize how much I, it, my appendix mattered until it blew up on me. You know what I'm saying? So don't be, don't be the appendix, okay? <laughs> There's the message there. <laughs> don't be that part in the body that doesn't have a purpose and only blows up and tries to kill everyone. No, um, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. We need each other, right? It's not a me thing. It's not an us versus them thing. That's where division comes in. Well, like, I got, I, I'm with all the purple puzzle pieces, you know what I'm saying? And it's like we create this us and them, even with churches. Oh, they're over there. Well, they're like this and that, and then they're over here, right? And how many of you guys know? There's only about 5% of a quarter million people in Santa Cruz County that know Jesus. we got to work together. If we're going to make an impact, we need everybody. We need all the churches, the Baptist guys, the Presbyterian guys, everyone. we got to be working together. And we may not have everything in common. We may have some different opinions about some minor things. But when it comes to, to Christ and him crucified, we're in this together. So common, and then the second part of community is unity. How many of you guys know it's important that we stay unified in the body of Christ? Psalm 133, I love this, verse 1. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. God is stoked when we are unified. Jesus prayed in John 17. He prayed. The one thing he prayed for the church going forward is that we would be one as he and the Father are one, that we would have that unity. And it comes down to this, guys. If we're going to see the unity and work together in community, it's this, that we serve one another and we see one another. 
We value the gifts that each other has, and then we're willing to bring our peace to the puzzle. Not, what can I get? How do I fit in? But how can I serve and add to this picture? And when we do that, the world's going to see Jesus. The last thing. I got three C's for you. Partnering in community. Partnering in communion, number one. Partnering in community, number two. And the last thing, can you guess what it is? Commission. Was that up there? <laughs> the scripture I read to you from Matthew 28 is the great commission, but I call it the commission because it wasn't meant to be done alone. And it's this commission with God, but with people. And notice in, when we read the scripture in Acts 2.42 where the disciples, that, they have that radical love and that community and that unity. And they, they're, they're partnering together in communion and community. The outflow is that the Lord's adding to their number daily those who are being saved. How many of you guys know that when we partner together, God's mission is going to go forward? When we fall in love with God and we, we fall in love with the people that he's placed us with and serve one another, his mission is going to move forward. We're, we're called to partner in commission. And uh, look at what Jesus did. He, how did Jesus change the world? He probably could have done it without us, amen? But do you know what he did? He put together 12 teenagers. Like Peter was maybe the only one that was older. They, I mean, he started a youth group. <laughs> That's kind of what Jesus did. And then he put them together on this mission, right? Um, and so Luke, Luke chapter um, Luke chapter 12 I'm sorry, Luke chapter 9 and Luke chapter 10. Check this out. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and cure diseases. And then he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom and heal the sick. Right? So he sent them as 12. And then in Luke chapter 10, this is the, the greater, you know, the greater group. He said, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. So he sent them out as 12. He sent them out as two by two. And notice he sent them together. There's a partnership in the mission. And yes, Jesus often withdrew to be with the Father alone, and we need those times too. But the outcome of that, when we spend that time in, in that connection with our Father, is that we bring that back into communion, into community, into the Great Commission together. The only thing that we have the only thing that we can do here on earth that we can't do in heaven is partner in this commission together. If you think about it, like in heaven, we're going to have great communion with God. We're going to have great community, you know. I was talking with a member of Hope yesterday, and he's looking forward. His, his, they had a family member that passed away, and he's looking forward to seeing them in heaven. You know, we have that hope. But the one reason why God has us here on earth is to bring people with us. We don't have a mission. Somebody said this. I didn't make this up. We don't have a mission. God's mission has a church. We don't have a mission. God's mission has a church. And we're it. We're his only plan, you guys. Jesus gave his life and is with the Father, and he's sending us. God sent out the invitations. We're going to call them living invitations. That's you and me. And if we're disconnected from the body, we're very unlikely to actually be able to help people move closer to God. 
We need each other. We need to be united and partnered together so we can show the world who Jesus is and we can bring other people along. When we invite others into communion, they find hope. When we invite others into community, they can be restored and find freedom. When we invite others into the commission, they find their purpose. And some of you guys here today, you need to find your purpose in this big vision. It's a big vision that God's given us. And I want to ask you, will you partner with us? You're invited to partner. You know, if it, it, I'm going to use a, a sports analogy real quick here. If we just wanted to sell tickets, you know, if you're trying to build a big NBA team and you just want to sell tickets, that's your only goal, what do you do? You hire a couple celebrities and a great marketing team. But if you really want to win the title, you got to do what the Warriors did. you got to learn how to pass the ball and be a team. Does that make sense? And I think a lot of churches... We want to just let the paid professionals, we want to let the celebrities do all the work. And it's easier for us. Because then if they, when they blow it, they fail because they got so much pressure on them because they're trying to do everything, then we can sit back and go, well, see, you know, you, know, you see what I'm saying? But we're called to be a part of this with Jesus. And I want to invite you guys to that partnership because we're not called just to sell tickets. We're not called just to add to the church. We're called to activate people to be the church. And that's my heart here today is I want to activate you. What role will you play? Will you be an attender? Will, be a, will you be a member, season pass holder? Or will you be a partner with us? Will you get in the game with us? I just want to go, circle back to this. And you can take this with you and you can put it in your pocket or you can leave it on the chair right there. But what I want you to, I want you to take with you is that God made you uniquely as who you are. And he made you, and sometimes we're like, God, why did you make me this way? The reality is sometimes the way that we're made doesn't make sense until we put our heart over the line and become part of the bigger picture. He wants to show the world who he is. And, but the reality is, if you're missing, if you're not part of that picture, it's not going to be a complete picture until you step in. That's how important you are. Every one of us has a role, and when we put our heart over the line and we say yes to God to be a part of his plan to reach the world, we show the world who Jesus is. We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.